called the fake news the enemy of the people, and they are. It's a serious question. I, I appreciate your passion. I share it. I've addressed this question. I've addressed my personal feelings. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. You're listening to Just Ask the Question, adventures in reporting with your host, Brian Karam. Hi, and welcome back to Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and today we have a good friend with us again, uh, Daryl Davis, civil rights activist, hell of a good, well, hell of a, a piano player, <laughs> a musician, and a really great guy to talk to about. And today we're going to just ask the question about the recent controversy revolving around blackface. Daryl, thanks for being here again. Hey, thank you for having me again. Appreciate it. And so let's just ask the question, the big question, are you a racist if you wear blackface? Well, we have to look at the context in which the uh, blackface is being worn. You know, as, as we know, it started with the minstrels way back, right? you know, over, over 100 years ago, over 200 years ago. And it was basically done, you know, even black people wore blackface back then, you know, when they performed. But then whites began doing it in mockery and buffoonery of uh, black people. And that's where he got the, you know, the racial stigma and racist uh, stigma. But in the 1920s, there was a performer named Al Jolson who donned blackface. Now, Al Jolson was not a racist, in fact. Al Jolson put it on in tribute of black people. Uh, he loved black music. He loved um, black performers. And in fact, uh, Broadway at the time in New York was very racist. They would not hire black musicians, would not hire black actors. Al Jolson was like the, uh, to, to put it best, I'd say, was like the Elvis Presley of the 1920s. He was right. that big. All right? He put his own career on the line. He risked his own career fighting for the rights of black people to get them onto Broadway because they wouldn't hire him. He succeeded in getting U.B. Blake, the great... Uh, legendary ragtime pianist hired on Broadway as one of the first blacks ever to be hired on Broadway. That's what Al Jolson did. Al Jolson did not make mockery or, or a buffoonery of black people. And there were people who did, who did this, uh, who followed in Al Jolson's footsteps. But again, you know, there were, there were those who, who did it for the strict purpose of mocking blacks. So I think, you know, we have to look at the context rather than just, you know, jump on somebody when we see something. Let me just digress for a second and give another analogy. The, you know, when you say um, those people are skinheads, right. the first thing people think of are white supremacists, neo-Nazis, guys who shave their head, and they're very racist. Uh, the skinhead movement was started in the UK. And these were working class people uh, who rebelled against the establishment. Uh, our parallel over here in the U.S., were the hippies. Right. Okay. The skinheads shaved their heads in rebellion. The hippies grew their hair long in rebellion. <laughs> All right. And uh -huh. some would say that the, the hippies were imitating black culture when they. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, the skinheads were not racist. There were plenty of black skinheads. And even today, there are black skinheads, some right here in Washington, D.C. I know some. Okay. Now, a sect of the skinheads went racist. Right. And that tainted the entire movement. So like when you say skinhead now, what I just uh, described a moment ago about white supremacist neo-Nazi is the image that comes to mind because 
a certain group of them, you know, uh, went renegade from the movement. Uh, and, and we see that problem occur time and time again, for example, because a certain sect of, uh, of uh, Muslims bombed our, our World uh, Trade Center and Pentagon. Okay, then we, so all Muslims are so, bad. Uh, yeah, so now we have Islamophobia. Okay, it's that kind of thing. Um, the swastika, as we know, was not created by Adolf Hitler. No, it's a 2,000-year-old Sanskrit. Exactly. Sanskrit. Uh, you know, you found it in Greece. You found it in India. Right. I was in India early last year, and I saw it. Okay? And it's not being used as anything anti-Semitic or, uh, or white supremacist. All right? And if you, see, if you see a swastika in the same frame of a picture with, with an Indian from East India, right. right, like Mahatma Gandhi or somebody, it's no big deal. But if you saw a swastika in a picture with somebody in a Gestapo uniform or or, or little uh, mustache a, a la Adolf Hitler, there's a problem. Right. Okay? Absolutely. It would be a big problem. So, so the point is context. The point is context. Right. And so with that being said, here we are, and you and I are talking, and we're looking at a, a Virginia governor and a picture of um, him in blackface with a uh, person uh, who's dressed in uh, – a KKK uniform, and he hasn't said that he's... First, he apologized for saying he was one of them uh, in the picture, and then he said he wasn't one of them. But it, it, at any rate... Then he said he was imitating Michael Jackson. <laughs> then he said he was imitating <laughs> Michael Jackson. Uh, don't get me started. But the fact of the matter is, and the thing... And why I really wanted to talk to you about this is um, you're an African-American gentleman who has actually taken pictures with... Real members of the KKK. I I am a real black man, (laughs) and I have posed in pictures with real Klansmen, not uh, wearing real uh, Klan hoods and Klan robes. Not Not fake. Not something they 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 snatch off their bed and and put on their head like a pillow. (laughs) And one of the pictures that you just showed me that I find uh, uh, extremely interesting was the picture of you and um, the Klansmen. The Imperial Wizard in yeah. purple. And tell me about that picture. And if anyone wants to see it, we'll make all of these available. You'll see them on, on the uh, uh, sure. website. But let me tell you, but, you know, let's go back to, to Governor Northam for a second. Uh, you know, here's the thing. You know, if, if I now, I, you know, I can't speak for everybody, white or black, of course. I'm, I want to offer no, my opinion. I, 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 all right. So with that said, if I were to see a picture by itself, of somebody in blackface, I would question the context of it. I would not jump to conclusions myself. Exactly. Is this somebody who's uh, you know doing an Al Jolson kind of thing, um, or is it um, you know somebody who's, who's mocking? I'd have to you know look into the background of it. Um, so just the... and, but now, but if I saw that same picture in the same frame with someone wearing a Klan robe, I wouldn't have any questions. I would know what it stands for, right? Because there's no question what the Klan stands for. Right. That's not so really that up for... Yeah, yeah and I, I gave a, a kind of a, a parallel to that, or, or at least a similar circumstance. There was Rob Lowe came out and uh, said something that he said was a joke, but made fun of uh, um, Elizabeth Warren. Uh, she would be a different type of uh, commander-in-chief with quotes around it, and said it was a joke. And then someone posted a, a picture of Rob Lowe with Sarah Huckabee Sanders and said, you don't need to go any further than this photograph to know what Rob Lowe thinks. 
And I, I said, that's your, you have to know the context of that photo. Oh, wait a minute. I guess you're right. And I posted a photo of me standing next to Sarah Huckabee Sanders. And I said, I guess we must be best friends because, you know, and, and I must agree with everything that she said. It's it, it the context and people jump to conclusions immediately. But right. but in in context, you know what the Klan means. Right. That's and, not and I've up for. Sa- I've gotten the same response from white people and, black, and plenty of black people who have not done the research when they see a picture of me standing with a Klansman. Yes. Uh, am I a sellout? Is he, he's a sellout. He's an Uncle Tom. He's an Oreo. I had, when you appeared on the show last, I actually had an email from someone saying, why are you having a sellout on the, uh, you know, why would a black person ever uh, pose with, with a Klansman? Obviously, he didn't listen to the show. Did not. I, exactly. All they did was, and, the and picture, a visceral reaction. It's a, and people have visceral reactions without ever, I find, more and more today than it I've ever seen of people just immediately it's a knee jerk reaction Absolutely. without ever thinking about it. Right. And that's frustrating to me. You? Uh, yeah, it's frustrating. But you know, I realize that there are people out there who are ignorant. And when I say, <laughs> 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 well, yeah, that's that's true. Well, you know, I mean, but 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 here, but you know, but here here's the bright side of that. And I don't use ignorant in in a, in a derogatory sense. No, ignorant means lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Okay. Right. Stupid is, you know... That's different. That's different. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, fortunately, there is a cure for ignorance, and that cure is education. Education. Unfortunately, there's no cure for stupidity. <laughs> 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 if you give somebody the education, no. and they don't use it... And they can be ignorant, and you can expose them to education, sure. and they refuse to learn. That's Not stupid. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Damn, you were ignorant. Now you're just damn right. stupid. <laughs> right. I refuse to recognize the education when provided to me. I'm dumb or no stupid. Uh, but so let's talk a little bit about that photo with you and the, the Imperial wizard that you shot a photo with. We were talking before we went on the air. Um, that guy threatened to go to Ferguson and, and shoot black people. Yes, he did. And um, that, that was a knee jerk reaction on his part. And I, I, I can't go into on the air why why he said that but i know why he said that and i do understand i understand completely why he said that um but you don't necessarily have to agree with it uh well he would not have done that um but i i understand he had a visceral reaction to something and i completely get it um but i like i said i i you know i understand people say well you know how, how can you go along with this well, not that i'm going along with it but i understand why he said it and I give him a pass for saying that. And I'll explain that, you know, off the air. <laughs> well, that's, but, you know, today, people don't give people passes anymore. Right. I do. I you know, do, when, too. When, when it's called for. Yeah, when it's called for. And, and so when is it called for? When you hear information on both sides and you can evaluate it. Right. And then make a decision based on education. Right. Then if you're if you're not stupid but merely ignorant and can learn, you can reassess your your state, your, right. how so, you feel. So back to Governor Northam, okay? Yeah. Um, I don't give him a pass. No. Okay, and I'll tell you why. Uh, that you know that picture had been there since 1984. It wasn't legitimate back then either. No. All right. And first of all, the man apologized for racist behavior. That he said he said in his first sentence of his right. apology that uh, that he apologized for the racist uh, and offensive behavior you know that he had engaged in and it was and it was not uh, the standards that you set 
uh, for him as, as to be elected as your governor. Those were his words. Right. Now, wait a minute. Hold on a second. The standards that you set for me to be elected as your governor, the standards that you set, what about the standards that he set for himself? <laughs> he, yeah. He mentioned that. <laughs> no, right? Yeah, right. And then in his second sentence, he goes on to apologize some more, and he says, that's not who I am today. <laughs> the word today gave him away. So It's who he was then. Well, yeah. Because, I mean, if, if you weren't that today, then what day were you? You know, it, every day since 1984 <laughs> until you got caught. caught. <laughs> 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 well, okay, I got caught. I was a racist, but now yeah. I'm not. <laughs> now, now, the other other gentleman was his name, Mark Herring, right? The Attorney General. He got out in front of his situation, and and he 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 owned it. He owned it, and he apologized for it. Okay, uh, maybe that was brought on by the uh, the storm that uh, that Northam was involved in, and maybe he felt, uh oh, you know, if this. Um, do you, you know, think Northam should resign? Yes, I do. Why do you think and he I'll should tell you resign? Why I think he should resign. I don't think he should be, um, you know. Can you forgive him? It depends. It, that that depends upon him. Okay. I, th- I don't think he should be put in jail. I don't think he should, he should never be hired again somewhere or anything like that. No. Okay. Um, but in but, this day and age, the, that's what would happen. Well, that's his problem. Yeah, that's um, true too. Okay, because he brought that on himself. Yeah, he did. But I do think I don't think Mark Herring should resign at all. Right. right? But in Northam's case, here's the thing. He admitted it, all right, and then he disavowed it. He he denied it. Right. right? And then he tried to explain it with the Michael Jackson thing. So he's all over the place. Um, this tells me. What about the good work he's done? That has nothing to do with it, okay? Because here's the thing. If you're going to lie about something and not own something, all right, what happens if he screws up as governor? Is he going to lie about that too? Exactly. So I, I am more concerned in his role as a leader of an entire state of people, black and white, than I am about whether he wore a blackface or not or dressed in the Klan outfit. Well, that's a different issue then. Your your, your issue with him is not telling the, the blackface. Truth. It's telling the truth. It's lying. Well, I do have an issue with it, with, with the blackface too because he didn't own it. Right. Okay? But the greater issue The bigger is, issue. I'm right, sorry. Because he, he is in charge of a whole body of people, an entire state of people, all right? So if, he, if he's going to lie about something that he did in medical school at age 25, uh, in which he screwed up and should not have done, if he makes a mistake in his leadership of an entire is state, he gonna own it? is he going to own it? All right, and, and, and the answer so far is no. No. I, I get you. And I, I got to tell you, when I first heard about this, this was like Friday before last, when, when we all heard about it at... Um, it, it, he came out and said uh, what he said, and then <laughs> the, there were three things that came to my mind. First was, who did opposition research on this guy in the election? Why didn't this come out? Secondly, you got to be kidding me. It, and and um, there were uh, people, if we go back to when it first came out, the other thing that uh, that bothered me when I when I saw it was, People and there are young reporters in the White House who said this. Well, that was back in the '80s, and things were different back then. And you know what was acceptable back then is is you know now not acceptable, now not politically correct. And I, well, I go well, back to acceptable to whom? Well, it, I, and this was a black reporter who said this to me, and I said, well, I got news for you. 
I was alive in the eighties. This reporter wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, I never found that to be acceptable back then when I was in college. That was you, you wouldn't pose in blackface next to a guy in a Klan uniform. Or pose in blackface anyway, unless you were doing something I mean, legitimate. Well, legit, like if you were in a stage play or if right. you were doing the Al Jolson story right. or, or like you said, if you were, I, I would A, want to know context, but B, this was a, and the other thing I thought is, wow, what what a bunch of nerds med school and you had a yearbook. I, I but, but that was just you know, cool. I, I would not have had a problem if he had first said that he was doing Michael Jackson. Right. Okay? I mean, you know. Well. Uh, no, because I mean, you know, if you know, if you're going to do Diana, if you're a white person going to do Diana Ross or you're going to do Michael Jackson or you're going to do, you know, any number of black people. Uh, yeah, you know, you, you would dress like them, perhaps you do, do your face like them or whatever. I mean, if, you know, when, 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 I, when, um, but you I, didn't have to, right? The it, blues it, brothers were doing a, um, uh, or basically, I mean, that was the blues brothers, that whole movie and was cab Calloway. They were, they were imitating cab, but you didn't see, you didn't see the two blues brothers in that movie, John Belushi or, or, or Dan Aykroyd dressing in blackface. I mean, they no, were just no, doing their doing, act. Yeah. They were, they were doing black music. Okay? Right. Um, now, you know, back when, um, I, I had an experience when I was, uh, age 10, all right, it was, I was in Belmont, Massachusetts and, uh, it was Halloween. And so, you know, people, people were dre- you know, dressed as superheroes and dressed as whatever. And so I wanted a costume too. And my favorite superhero at the time, or well, one of them was uh, Thor. Yeah. Okay. And so we went to the, to the uh, Ben Franklin's five and ten store, and my mom got me a Thor costume, you know, with the cape and the hammer <laughs> and and the blonde hair and all that right. kind of stuff, uh, the shield. So I put this thing on and the Thor mask, and and my little white friends at school told me I couldn't be Thor because I was black. Now there were no black superheroes back then; they didn't allow them. There were no black outfits. Wow! All right, with you know, with with black masks. They all were white masks, okay? So I had no choice but to wear a white mask because there was nothing that looked like me. Now, uh, would I be accused of doing whiteface? No, because I was wearing a particular... You were doing a character. A character, exactly. And, and there were black people, you know, I've seen in the past, later, of course, who put on a Richard Nixon face and then and then put their hands out with the peace right. symbol, you know, the way Nixon would do, things like that. No, they were mocking but, him, but they were mocking him. They were not mocking, mocking white, white people, people. Okay. And you know, I, I've been a musician, as you pointed out, and I'm going on on about forty years as a professional musician. And I've played all over the place. I have done tons of frat parties. Uh, black frat parties and white frat parties. And I gotta tell you something. I have never done a, uh, a black frat party where where any black person has ever dressed up or put on white face in order to mock white people. You know, they might put something on to, to play a, a character, as you right. said, but not in mockery, right? And, and have, you, for, have you covered frat parties where uh, white boys did that? Uh, I've been to, for, uh, to, to white frat parties where I've seen some racism, uh, not the blackface. Okay, they probably right. not invite me to those parties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could have worn but, your KKK uniform. Yeah, I could have. Yeah. I could have. But uh, uh, I was going to say, you know, there there is a, a serious academic and educational and cultural and historical gap with millennials today. They, they are detached yes. from their history. 
Uh, and, and it's very unfortunate, especially with a lot of black millennials. I hate to say that, but that's, you know, that's the truth. You know, this reporter who says, well, you know, it was acceptable back then. Look, 30 years before 1984, all right, a, a black... Civil rights. Well, even before that, okay? Yeah. Yeah, well... At, at Jim the start Crow. Of it, at, yeah, start of it. 19, what, 55 or something? A 13-year-old black boy was murdered by KKK people for allegedly whistling at a white woman. His name was Emmett Till, all right? I know the story. In 1955. Right. So, okay, he was murdered. Now, the lady, she's still alive today, and she's been, lately, been ambiguous as to whether it ever happened or not, whether, whether the kid whistled at her or not. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, yeah. legitimate questions exactly. as to whether it really did happen, exactly. or they just decided to kill him because he was a black teenager. Right, exactly, okay? Mm. Now, that happened 30 years before this Northam picture. So was that acceptable too? Because because the guys got off, and, right. and a- after they were acquitted, they bragged about it because it would be double double jeopardy to try them again. So they were free. They bragged about it. All right. So, so then, thirty years later, you got somebody still mocking black people by by, by wearing this stuff and posing with, with someone in, in in an outfit, a uniform that is a personification of of what those people did thirty years ago to Emmett Till. Um, no, you know, the, you know, there needs to be a line drawn, okay? And people need to know their history. Why do you think, and, and I find this, and, and, and I don't want to uh, do this along racial lines, because I find that, some, and not all millennials, I don't want to cast dispersions right. on them, right. because that's as bad as being a racist. Is, right. You know, all millennials suck. You know, when, when we were kids, we, but, but there does seem to be a disconnect in, in history there is and and that some younger uh folks are quite content with being ignorant of that history why do you think that is because um they don't have a connection um we uh and and you you know you didn't you didn't say it but uh but i'm gonna say it for you the the, the, the some people that you're talking about mm-hmm. are, are mostly black people Okay, and the reason well, I think I, I I won't say that I think that there are plenty of white people that are pretty ignorant of history too. A lot of millennials, but a lot of them are. But it's a lot more important for 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 black millennials to learn their history, all right? Because their history has been robbed from them, all right. From but there's Black History Month. No, 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 no. We, we're going to get into Black History Month. Yeah, for sure. All right. But here's the thing: a white person. With, let's say with the name um, uh, O'Malley, for example, I just picked that name, right? Um, can go to the UK and find distant third, fourth, right. seventh cousins, cousins named O'Malley. Right. right. My name is Davis. Davis is a Welsh name from Wales. I cannot go to Wales <laughs> and find my cousins. No, All you right? can't. I'll find a lot of Davises. Right. And, I, and I've been there. I've played in Wales many times. And believe it or not, one time I was playing there, I said to my audience, anybody there named Davis? Half the place started cheering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, All uh, your cousins. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, because my name... Because you had, when, when your people came here... We were stripped of Stripped our of your names and identities. And our history. And your history. Okay, That's exactly. true. Exactly. So, we don't have... The, the Daryl, there are and people. Connections well, you, you say the word nostalgia, right? And you said the word that I. There are 
young, and I have spoken with them, so I'm not saying this, you know, it, it, uh, it's just a fact. I have spoken to young uh, black reporters and young black professionals and young people, white too, mm-hmm. who don't even know about the movie or the book roots, roots. much less, right. you know, and, and for you and me, there were two, uh, there were, and, and the other one is uh, the day after, but those two events on television back then were mind blowing. Right. The day after taught you about what could happen if, if you have a nuclear arms race that goes right. control and people blow each other up. And Roots taught you it, the experience of many black people who came to this country, who have come to love this country, mm-hmm. who are American, mm-hmm. but have lost an identity and never been able to find out who their people were. Right. And I think that's a shame that they don't even understand the recent history. That's, you know, that was, I was a teenager when but, that came out. But you out. have to understand something, though. It's because there isn't that that uh, yearning of nostalgia because we don't have any, and anything that we go back to was negative. All right, in this country. Do you think now, that's white and black, or just no, for black people? Black people, white people have roots that were not taken away from them. They have connections to their past, and their past was not our past. All right. right. You'll always hear whites refer to. The good old days, we, back when bread was five cents and gas was fifteen cents a gallon. And black people knew their place. They, you'll never hear That's, a black person say the good old days. No, because the good old days were when but, we were drinking from a colored water fountain, when we were, um, you know, un, unable to go inside a restaurant to eat. You know, couldn't go to the lunch counter. Exactly. So, so when we hear "Make America Great Again," we're hearing the good old days. Well, and I think whenever I hear the good old days, that's what I I hear implied in that. With the which would be great if we had bread that were was five cents, but but to me it's implied, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's because of my roots and the way I was brought up. Because I was brought up apart from the larger community myself, as mm-hmm. as as a Lebanese American. That you know, one time somebody said, "Well, you know, if you want to get further ahead in this business." You need to be a minority. And I said, well, you know, Lebanese is kind of a minority. They go, wrong minority. We don't even count. <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs> you have a negative connotation. We don't exist. <laughs> but, I, and, you know, I grew up with that and being called a variety of slurs. I could never even get the racial slur right when it came to me. But And I do remember the fountains. Mm-hmm. So and, and, in fact, when I was in um, grade school, there was a refrigerated water fountain and there was the one that the porcelain white one mm-hmm. and the one that was air cooled and cool and nice. That was, yeah. And the, and the white one was for, and I was short. So I always drank from the, and I was always told, you don't do that. And I'm going, well, I like that water. I can get to mm-hmm. it. I don't have to jump up to get it. But <clears throat> at the same time, the, the point being of all of this is whenever I hear the good old days, I, I always, and you know, and maybe that's because of my conditioning, but I hear, when I hear that, I hear good old days when white people were king and black people were seen and not heard. And that, mm-hmm. that's, that I find offensive. So when I hear make America great again, that's where I go. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong because, you know, you're, 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 one's perspective is one's reality. Okay? And, and good well, we old, have a shared reality, I hope. Yes. And, <laughs> but, you know, but not, not all white people who refer to the good old days are racist. That's by, true. By any means. Um, but the time that they're referring to was a lot more racist than it is today. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, you know, when, 
you know, let's talk about Black History Month for a second. Yeah, but, now, but, but, but let me ask you about mm-hmm. that because it, what we stand here and what we sit here and talk about, you are opposed to Black History Month. I still am. Why? Okay. The reason being is this. We needed Black History Month at one time because there was no black history being taught in our schools. Now, I'll tell you this. I've been saying, let's abolish Black History Month. I've been saying that now for 19 years. 2019 marks the 19th year I've been saying that. And why? Yes, we needed Black History Month at one time because there was no black history being taught. Uh, It was called American history. For all practical reasons, it may as well have been called white history because white people were were being given credit for things that, that they did not discover and things that they, that they did not invent. How, how how do you go and go to a country and people are already there and you say you discovered it? <laughs> Be real. Um, I, okay. <laughs> I went into my backyard. I discovered it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got uh, rid of everybody there. <laughs> right. Now. Mine. <laughs> um, here's the thing. So... You know, people, like I said, people were, were being given credit uh, for places that, you know, they didn't discover and for things that, you know, they did not invent, uh, where blacks had invented, things like that. And then, you know, eventually, black people, you know, 40, 50, 60 years later, were finally beginning, slowly getting credit for it. And the history books were beginning to change. All right. We had to fight very hard to get our history taught in schools. We fought hard. Uh, this fight was led. yeah, but they only gave you the the, well, the shortest on, month on, of the well, year. Even before that, yeah, uh, the movement was led by a fellow named Carter G. Woodson. Yes, right? and what was created was Negro History Week, one week. All right, because you know nobody's going to give us everything at one time. They're going to dole it out little by little. That's right? politics for you, okay, exactly. So we got that one week. We fought harder and harder, and we finally secured one month. And as you pointed out. The shortest month of the year, February, 28 days, all right? That's no coincidence, all right? But we accepted that short month. Why? Because two uh, people that we considered, we as black people, considered heroes at the time were born in that month, one being Abraham Lincoln and the other one being Frederick Douglass. So they both were born in February. So, hey, you know, we'll take that month and honor those, all right? So that became Black History Month. And then we stopped fighting. And that's our fault. We became complacent. All right. Uh, at the time, we needed it. And for a long time, it served its purpose. But now it has become detrimental to, to, How? Well, to blacks and whites, to all Americans. How? Because every February, they only teach about a handful, half a dozen black people, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, Booker T. Washington, Harriet Tubman, uh, George Washington Carver. Carver. Yeah. Okay, and one or two more. And by the time they get through half a dozen, up oh, uh, our time. No not, time for Arthur Ashe. Yeah, no time for Arthur Ashe. No time for you know whoever. Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron. Any, anybody else? You know, um, you know, we got we got to move on. We did our black thing. Now we got to move Chuck on. Chuck Berry. No. Chuck Berry. Absolutely. Little Richard. Bo Diddley. Yeah. Okay. Now Duke Ellington. All yeah. right. Here's the thing. They don't revisit that that until the next year. And the next year, it's the, the same, same group. All right, so, hold on. So now, um, <clears throat> all year long, though, we learn about Benjamin Franklin. 
Eli Whitney, Alexander Graham Bell, Thomas Edison, F. Scott Fitzgerald. We learn about all these people all year long. It's always constantly being reinforced. We never forget. Too much time on Elvis, too, but that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they don't teach about Elvis. Um, <laughs> you know, we never forget who, who flew the kite and the lightning hit it, hit the key. All right. But you ask some, some person who's, who's uh, matriculating, say, from in June, from uh, a fifth to sixth grade or whatever. Who um, invented peanut butter? You, a- ask him in June. Yeah. Ask yeah. him in June who was uh, Harriet Tubman. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember she was that lady who, uh, who refused to give her, her seat on the bus. You know, they got her confused with Rosa Parks. Why? Right. Because there's no mm. reinforcement. All right. So consequently, when you keep teaching about the same half a dozen people, and I'm not taking anything away from these people. These are some of the greatest civil rights people in, in the world. All right. Right. But when you keep teaching about those same half a dozen year after year after year, you are subliminally brainwashing little black kids and little white kids into believing there was only a handful of black people in this country that ever did anything. What about the guy? Well, and they, and they don't even really teach the cool stuff about some of them. I mean, Harriet Tubman was a badass. Absolutely. (laughs) And you don't get that. What about the guy who invented the traffic light? What about the guy who invented the ironing board or any number of other black people? Oh, well, we didn't have time for that. We only have February. Now let's take, but, but in in all fairness, let's take the, uh, cause I know what some people will say. Well, if you, it's a matter of priority, and you're going to you're going to dissuade from teaching about white history. And white people did something too. Shouldn't we Shouldn't we be fair? Well, you got you got uh, what school is what nine months long, right? Okay, and so only one month of Black history, and so eight months of white history. Well, my feeling is, why aren't you just teaching history? Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Right. So let's get rid of Black History Month and integrate it. Put it where it belongs under the umbrella of American history, and teach it all year long. For example, you know, I i don't stop being black after February. You don't? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> now, let, let, let's talk about Obama for a quick second, okay? Obama became the first black president. So now, in the future, are we only going to discuss Obama in February? Put him in the black box in February? That, how, 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 how backwards is that? Right. Why can't we talk, talk about Obama in September? No, 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 he belongs in February because he's black. Why can't it be integrated? I mean, and there is a push today Look, for, for. Uh, listen, let, let, me give, let me give you an example here. Okay. Back in the day, uh, Miss America, the beauty contest. Right. They did not allow black women to compete. Black women were True. deemed ugly. All right. And the judges were all white males. Uh, there were only two categories, the swimsuit and the evening gown, because women, of course, did not have talent. You know, or, you know, they were just objectified. They weren't asked to write right. essays or whatever else, right? You judge them on, on how they look in their evening gown and in their swimsuit. So they did not want white men looking at black women in a, in a swimsuit or an evening gown and, and, and beautifying them, all right? So black women were deemed ugly and not able to compete. What did that do for black women in this country? It lowered their self-esteem, Right, because they didn't feel that they were beautiful enough to compete. So what did we do as black people to, to give them that esteem? We created the Miss Black America beauty pageant to give them something to aspire to. All right. Now, eventually, Miss America itself came to its senses and got rid of that rule and opened its doors to any American female of any ethnicity who was American could now compete. Since that time... We've had several Miss Americas who were black, starting with Vanessa Williams. 
and then Debbie Turner. So now <clears throat> we don't need Miss Black America because we got Miss America and anybody is welcome to compete. When are we going to have American history and not need a Black History Month? We are behind the times. So the point, yes, we are. I agree. The point being is not taking away from Hispanics uh, uh, or um, Asian or white, but letting it sort itself out for what is most important and what is truly an American experience. Look, is that what you're, that's what you're saying? Absolutely. Because you know what? The same thing uh, goes. Because what people, what what I want to make point, what I, what I want to make clear is, is because there are people who will hear what you're saying and go, you want to usurp history and just put a black stamp on it. And that's not what you're saying. No, not at all. I'm saying American history of which we all contributed even women, okay? Women, right. women are relegated to the month of March. March is Women's History Month. I think that's wrong, too. Uh, May is Asia Pacifica American History Month. November is Native American History Month. No, get rid of those things, man. Let's do American history and teach it throughout because this way you are reinforcing it with everybody over and over again, starting when they're young. Right. And, and, I th- and, and, and they grow up being more receptive and acceptive of other people rather than just say, oh, well, they must think they're special because they got their special month. Right. That's a, that's an excellent point. And that's, I, I think when you do that and, and you, you know, if this you is go why back, you had that disconnect with that uh, white house reporter because she doesn't know her history. Well, I, I think that's goes to, <laughs> don't get me started on that one, but, <laughs> but yes, I agree with you on that. What do you think the, so I, I want to go back to where we started with uh, the, the the blackface, and you've got pictures of you, an actual black person, with an actual Klansman. You, you've provided me with several pictures of that. That's and I've got a picture of me with a, performing with somebody in blackface. Yes, tell me about that performing in blackface. You hold, you were holding the guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, the guy's name is Bobby Berger, and Bobby Berger is a very very good friend of mine. He used to be a uh, Baltimore City police officer. The Baltimore City Police have a history of being very, very racist. And uh, Bobby was not one of those. I know some Baltimore City cops who are racist. I've taken them to court. I've dealt with them before. Bobby was not that. And um, Bobby got fired from the uh, Baltimore City Police. Then they settled with him. The NAACP sued Bobby Berger with, um, with his blackface thing. I defended Bobby Berger. I know Bobby Berger personally. Bobby Berger is a very fine musician. Bobby Berger loves black music. Bobby Berger loves Al Jolson. And, and he's, he's a phenomenal entertainer. He would never do anything that was contrary to black people on race or anything like that. Uh, Al Jolson would never have posed in a picture with a Klansman, and neither would Bobby Berger. And so, you know, it was contrary. No, he's in blackface with a black man, That's and right. you're holding him. That's right, absolutely. And I would do it again in a heartbeat. You know, uh, I, I consider Bobby Berger to be a brother. I consider all men to be brothers and all women. Yeah. That's uh, anyway, honest to God. And, and there's some bad brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, everybody has that one you don't want to bring to the family yeah, reunion. I, 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 we're not, not going to call him a black sheep. Yeah. No. All right. Okay. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> well, that's good. Now, you know, um, again, context is the thing. Because because eventually, or you know, um, let, let, let's bring up a couple more examples here. When I was a kid in elementary school, we had, and nobody talks about today, uh, but they all did it, people my age. 
uh, schools had slave auctions. Yes. Remember those? Yeah. Well, and you know, pay 25 cents, bid 25 cents on somebody, and they carry your books for you all day. Oh, well, we actually, uh, that we didn't do, but what we what we had was, and it was part of a... Fundraiser. A, uh, well, ours was, in, no, we didn't do that. He had an educational thing about teaching people about what slavery was, and we had um, a, a day or a week where we had uh, uh, people, and it wasn't by color or race, it was just by mm-hmm. half the class was this, and we're yeah. slave owners and the rest of them, and then to teach you what the deprivations and the, and the, and the real reality was, and it was called the slave game. But see, that's different from what you're... Yeah, yeah. see, you're, you're younger than I am. So, <laughs> so yeah, so, so they were teaching... I don't know, you. I'm pretty old. I'm an old fart. Yeah, well, you're not as old as I am. But, <laughs> that's uh, true. Okay. But I wasn't going to insult you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, you know, you, you, you were at a point then where they were beginning to teach exactly. the evils of slavery to everybody. But, but when I was in elementary school... We had like fundraisers, like bake sales and things like that. And we would have slave auctions. And there would be a block where white kids or black kids or whoever, school kids. Right. You know, where some would be slaves, some would be the buyers. And they would stand on the block and people would bid a quarter or 15 cents or whatever. Couldn't go over a dollar, I don't think, you know. And uh, had that much. Right. And then uh, that person who bought you, you had to carry their books around for, you know, three hours of the day or three classes or whatever. You know, and that kind of thing. And it, it raised money for whatever, you know, the kids right. were going to do. They had car washes and whatever else. Um, now, today, you might do something like that, but it wouldn't be called a slave auction. No. No, so no now, it wouldn't. Exactly. All right, now, um, so, you know, uh, back then, sometimes guys dressed up in, in women's dresses uh, and wigs for, for, uh, for you know, uh, Halloween and and, and, and other party uh, events come in costume, all right? You know, I might dress up like, like, like Dolly Parton or somebody, you know, with, with a wig and whatever else. Um, is there going to come a time when a man dresses up in a Halloween outfit or whatever as a woman and then is going to be accused of, of mocking uh, transgender people and transvestite people? Well, you know, that brings me to the other question. That's a good point, and that brings me to my other question. Are we too thin-skinned as a culture today? Are we unable to laugh at ourselves, or are we seriously considering things? But Or does it go back to the context? Context, okay. That we yes, don't understand context. We, we are too thin, and, and, and I'll tell you both. <clears throat> I will tell you why we're too thin. We are too thin because, because of the media. The media do, does not tell it like it is, okay? And, and, and let me point out, uh, and, and, and can I be blunt? Here? Be as blunt as you, absolutely, okay. I, that's what I want. I get sick and tired of when I hear on, on, uh, on a report on the news, on the TV or the radio, that, you know, somebody, uh, uh, some politician called, called somebody on his staff the N-word. No, he didn't call him, hey, you N-word. He said, hey, nigger. Is right. what he said. Okay, I get tired when the media changes that. Say what the man said. Okay, because when you dumb it down, then you're dumbing it down for people, and it, it doesn't have that bite, that sting. And so, therefore, because you're afraid it's going to be so offensive, you're keeping us thin-skinned. You know, maybe when we start getting it and getting hit with it and that sting, say, hey, you know what? This got to stop. Well. Remember the movie Blazing Saddles? Yep. 
couldn't make that movie today, brother. That's right. You could not. That that word is all throughout that right. movie. And I, I, I agree with you. There is a fear, particularly among white people, that if you say that word, you're going to be accused of being a racist by merely using it because we don't look at the context. Well, now that word, I don't think there's any context in which it should be used. Well, it's in my got opinion. The, the, well, if you're going to quote someone, well, you just well, yeah, said yeah, yeah. If you're going you to just someone, said in news. That's the yeah, reason yeah, why yeah, we no, don't no, no. use it in the news. You know, I, I thought you meant uh, the context in which somebody is called one. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. The context okay. of using the word. Right. You right. should never call anyone right. that. Okay. But as you said, it. You, I mean, you know, quote Huck somebody Finn. and use it. Right. It, and if you quote the the book Huck Finn. Right. He didn't Tom say Sawyer, the. Yeah. He did not say the N word. Right. And if you quote Blazing Saddles, that right. word wasn't the N word. Right. So it, it, again, the the context of the situation is what you're you're pointing to. I agree. We but because you know, and and let me just digress again. Give you another example. Um, you remember Daniel Pearl? Yes, of course. Okay. When it was look first, it up, folks. If you don't know who Daniel Pearl is, yeah, we're not we're not going to give you a especially, dissert- especially those of you at the White House <laughs> <laughs> and members of the media. I want to go back to that, but go ahead, okay. Daniel Pearl. Okay. Um, when when uh, when Daniel Pearl first disappeared. Uh, you know, we were, everybody was working for him, et cetera, et cetera. When, when the media, when the American United States media reported that he had been found, they said he had been found in a ditch and he was mortally wounded. Right? Those were the words used. Yes. Because the White House, I think it was um, Rumsfeld, perhaps, mm-hmm. um, did not want us to be told he had been beheaded. We found that out. Through the through the Daily Mirror, right. something uh, in the UK, they reported it accurately. You know, Daniel Pearl was found with his head he was cut off, cut off. Okay, and when we saw that, it was like we began, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, that was right. a, that was a lot because that's what keeps us thin skinned because our own media doesn't tell us the truth. Well, okay? part- and then once it started happening. Now we know what beheading is. Well, the th- same thing happened with Jamal Khashoggi. I mean, mm-hmm. in I was in Europe. Two days, three days after the guy uh, was was dead, mm-hmm. Europe knew that Saudi Arabia was behind it. We were weeks behind that, and we never have made the connection to the, to the prince in Saudi Arabia. And now they're pushing back against us, and everybody knows exactly what happened to Khashoggi and how. And it was state-sponsored murder, and yet we do not do that here. And my point to the media, we have two problems there, I think, and I'd love to get your comment on that. One is, look, this is an extended conversation, so you can actually get behind and talk about in depth some of the news that's going on in the world. And you can talk about racism, but on television and in newspapers, you are limited. And in television, you got 15 seconds, 20 seconds. You want to sit seven seconds. And tell the truth. But it's hard to be. Well, and that's the second point. We are too busy in this country trying to be. Politically correct. There's the word. Which, which is bogus. Yes. That's, that's, call it what it is. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. That's, you and I are on the same page in that regard. I think that the saddest part is that um, for us is that as we've strived or, or as we've moved forward in trying to be inclusive, part of that inclusion is a, a fear to hear the reality that, that separated us. We mm-hmm. just want to say, hey, we're all together, but we don't want to point out the problems. Right. That, that, is that make sense to you? Absolutely, and that's what, that's what uh, uh, contains the problem. 
right. It, it perpetuates it. it. Exactly. And so deal with things bluntly and move on. Right. That's I would love to see that. God bless you. That's uh, that's exactly how I, I feel about it. But there are there are kids who think that and and I say kids that you know younger than us, but you know in their twenties and mm-hmm. up to thirty years old who that's I actually have some hope for them because I don't think that there are kids who um, who think that way. I think that that's I, I see all the time just a, a, an, an amount of inclusion, but I also see this ignorance of how we got to where we are and an inability to deal with it. So it's kind of a dichotomy. It's two two sides to a coin. I mean, yes, you know, I, you know, I, I'm not painting uh, millennials with a broad brush. No, I but, understand. But there, but there is a wide swath of them, you know, that that are detached. They're in a vacuum. They they just like dropped out of nowhere, you know, onto this earth with no background. Couldn't we and, say the same about us though? Because I mean, it's our generation that put on a blackface, unfortunately. Uh, no, 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 no. Because. Uh, you disagree. I disagree. And I'll tell you why. Because when, uh, you know, did, I don't know whether it was Northam in, in the blackface or in the Klan outfit. It doesn't matter. Right. You know, <laughs> but, but, but I don't think he was in the Klan out, out, outfit trying to, or in the Klan outfit trying to be Michael Jackson. But right. it's, <laughs> but that's but, just me. Right. <laughs> right. But, but um, you know, at that time, he definitely knew what he was doing. Yes. Okay. So, so therefore, I can I cannot say our generation is in a vacuum. You know, we, we you know people our our age, his age, know all along. You know, it was, oh, like you said, think he knew it, it was? Oh, it, he knew it was wrong. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, he, he knew. I mean, he, he was around. He, he was an adult when uh, when when that happened with Emmett Till. He was an right. adult. That's true. When the, when the bombing. I'll when, give when, you that. When, I'll when, concede when, the point. When the 16th, uh, 16th Street Baptist Church was bombed and four little black girls were uh, were murdered. Okay, by when the Klan bombed that church. He was alive when Martin Luther King was assassinated. So how much more are you going to continue to make fun of black people? Well, I'll concede the point I, 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 to superior logic, and you've, you've educated me on my ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> but that's I, I wonder at the end of the day, um, and, and we'll end with this because we, we've been doing this, for, and I love it. I could do this all day long. But um, at the end of the day, do you have hope, fear, or you think it'll be same old, same old going forward? Where do you where do you fall on the future? Uh, I have hope for the future, and I, and because a lot of this stuff is coming to the surface now, and it needs to be. Okay, uh, we can forgive those who who made stupid mistakes, but who as long as they own them, as long as they own them and apologize for them. Okay, and uh, you know, everybody you, deserves you, a second chance. Yes, absolutely. Um, but Governor Northern uh, Northam does not deserve one until he steps down, okay? Because we deserve a second chance. We deserve a second governor. Yeah, somebody who's going to uh, tell I, you I'm the truth. We like I'm from Virginia, <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but, uh, but people do. Okay. Now you, you you said something very early on that I meant to address. You said, well, "What about all the good things that he's done?" Right. Um, That's the argument that okay, you hear yeah, often. You know, but you know what? Um, I, I I know I know some very hateful people. I as that you have well done know, some good things. Who done some good things? Okay. That does not excuse it. I know murderers. I've met murderers who've done some good things. Okay, that does not excuse their murder. No. All right. Okay. Now, um, just you know, and, and he came in his apology and said, you know, he served his country in the army. Uh, he he was a medical a, a medic and so forth and so on. Blah blah blah. Who gives a rat's rear end about that? Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I I filed a complaint one time 
against a racist um, uh, female detective on the police force. Okay, she, she's gone now. Um, but, uh, I mean, gone, and she's, she's still living, but she's gone from the force now. Um, she was a flat-out racist right here. And I was told by her sergeant and her lieutenant when I went to internal affairs about this. But she's a good person. I was told she was a good person. And, and, and you know what they told me? They told me she can't be a racist because she has a degree in sociology from Towson University. Oh, well, that what does... the hell? <laughs> yeah, right. Do you think black people can be racist? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Anybody can be a racist. Yeah. That's... I mean, you know, what, what, I mean, what is the definition of a racist? Um, a racist is someone who thinks by virtue, because there's no such thing as race. There's one. There is. There is the a race. human race. The human race. Right. That's it. That's it. That's all there we got. There are no sub races. The rest there of you are a bunch of colorists and right. culturists. Right. Okay. Now there's a difference between being a preferist, and I'm making up this word. Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> well, a good word. Preferist. Yeah. All right. So if so if I if I were to say, let's just say for example, I prefer musicians. <laughs> I prefer musicians, or okay, or I prefer I prefer uh, blondes as a you know as opposed to brunettes. Uh, that's what turns me on. That's what attracts me. Okay, I just said that hypothetically. Right. All right. Um, oh, that, Daryl, we know you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you play, bad, yeah, brother. Yeah. Okay, so um, that's fine. But if I say um, I prefer I prefer blondes, and I think we ought to get rid of all the brunettes and redheads. There you go. Then there's a problem. Right. That, that's the racist uh, element. Well, the other okay? thing that you say that I've always found, and 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 I can't stress this enough. As you said, and I, we were in a forum, and you said, you are allowed to hate. Yeah. You are allowed not hurt. allowed to act on that That's hate. That's right. That's right. You can't get people to not hate you for whatever reason, no matter what you do. I mean, people are going to – I know plenty of people that would rather see me not around. Right. But you're not allowed to act on that. Right. And that, I think, is where we fall down today, one of the places that we fall down. And I, I think that was – how you put it was brilliant. Well, I, you know, I, I, unfortunately, I can't take credit, a credit for that quote. That came from uh, from the Supreme Court. Uh, right. They, they ruled that you know that we have the right to hate, but not the right to hurt. And that's God. That's uh, if we own. Well, we could we could do another whole show on the Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Daryl, I appreciate you being here today. As always, now about the Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> Uh, but once again, I appreciate you being here, man. Anytime you. you want to come by, we, we love you. Great conversation. Uh, the name of the show is Just Ask the Question. I am Brian Karam, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.